Roanoke City Vice Mayor Joe Cobb is now a doctor of ministry in Christian spirituality, conferred this week by Columbia University. He began that journey to a doctorate in 2017, but the subject of his final project, his thesis, became clearer the following year. In the first part of 2018, that focus came pretty clear when I kind of pulled from my memory uh, a visit to Coiner Springs Cemetery, which is just outside of the city limits of Roanoke, where I discovered uh, three large stones in the largest part of the cemetery, one of them talking about 933 bodies being transferred from Old Lick Cemetery to Coiner Springs to make room for the I-581 interchange. And that really caught my attention as early as 2005, the first time I'd visited the cemetery, and something just kind of spoke to me to tell that story. And so my doctorate really became focused on that transfer of bodies from Old Lick to Coiner Springs. So who were those people? A lot of them were African-American. The Old Lick Cemetery has a a unique history in the city of Roanoke. Um, It was originally uh, part of a cemetery that uh, was created by St. John's Episcopal Church uh, when their church was located on Hart Avenue. They later sold their church to First Baptist Church Colored, Gainsborough. And, uh, of course, First Baptist Church then moved several times after that. But they retained care of that cemetery. There were different plots to the cemetery, so it, it grew over time. But the, the portion that was removed uh, actually came into ownership of the city in 1949 when First Baptist Church sold a portion of the cemetery back to the city. And so they were a, the city was able to remove those bodies as 581 was under construction and they needed to make room for the interchange. I'm just wondering, when you're research, maybe, was there a hue and cry when they moved these bodies from certain people? or It was kind of hard to tell in terms of the research. Um, the, the cemetery had not been well kept over the years. Now, there was a portion of it that was pretty well cared for that still exists. It, it was an open part of the cemetery, but there were there was a lot of woods there, pretty heavy density, and it was kind of hard to keep that tame. The portion that was moved, there's actually an engineer's map that shows where all of the burial plots were, where the grave shafts were, and there were, it's pretty clear evidence that there were multiple burials in grave shafts that were intended for one burial, but they had a hard time connecting gravestones with burial plots because of the condition of the cemetery. So at the time, they only identified about 28 that they could directly connect with a burial plot, and they they did transfer those remains and those stones out into Coiner Springs. There's a line of them, but the rest they they took the remains and placed them in four by four white boxes, and then buried them in rows, about six or seven rows of a hundred graves each. And the only marking for those is is this stone. And part of my work was to create a healing ritual to uh, remember that because there really wasn't one ever done. And as more families are discovering that they actually had loved ones buried in Old Lick that may have been transferred to Coiner Springs, that's really important for families to be able to know where their loved ones are buried. And then I'm also looking at working with the community to create a physical memorial and then a virtual memorial Hmm. at both places. I'm Gene Morano in the WFIR Newsroom. We're speaking with Roanoke Vice Mayor Joe Cobb about his Doctor of Ministry degree, just conferred, which examines local cemeteries relocated for development projects decades ago and its impact. So your final project, your thesis, honoring their breaths when the bones of our ancestors breathe 
forth reparation and justice. Did, was there a conclusion you came to in, in this in this work or anything controversial? Well, I think because this was happening during the time of urban renewal, uh, the, the removal of this, the remains was not directly connected with urban renewal or those projects, but it was connected with the building of the I-581 interchange. Was that in the 60s or 70s? Yeah, it was in the early 60s. Okay. Uh, so according to, to ordinances and documents, starting in 1959, uh, when this, the city actually purchased the cemetery in Coiner Springs, because they were not only uh, removing, going to eventually remove the remains from Old Lick, they, they removed and transferred remains from City Farm Cemetery, which is where Virginia Western Community College is, so that they could expand the campus. So that's, that, Was that another cemetery focused on people of color? Or? It, that was the indigent poor. That was where the almshouse or the poorhouse was located, and the rebuilt building that was originally the poorhouse still remains there. It's the brick building that, as you're driving down Colonial, you can see up on the hill. So that's another part of the history that I just didn't um, dive into, but it's connected with Coiner Springs. I wonder if it give you any more insight into how certain people feel about projects, suspicion, you know, even projects like Evan Spring, about yeah. how they, did it give you any more insight into how people are suspicious yeah. of, of intentions? Particularly when I was interviewing, I interviewed five women who had relatives either buried in Old Lick Cemetery and transferred to Coiner Springs, or they based on death certificates, know that their loved ones and ancestors are buried in one place or the other, but they don't know where. There's no marker. There's no indication. It, it's a feeling of being erased. And when you think about death and burial and that the whole mourning and grieving process, uh, for many people, while they may not visit a loved one's grave very often, some people do quite often because it's it's a part of their grieving and a part of their healing process. I mean, I can tell you where all of my ancestors are buried in my immediate and extended family, but for many people that had ancestors buried in, in Old Lick, particularly, they don't know. Uh, part of the narrative that I heard from the those being interviewed was, you know, my grandparents just didn't want to talk about it. Like Like one woman described how her... Her grandparents had three children that were born and died in infancy, and all of them are buried in Old Lick, but they don't know where. But because of the, the grief of that loss, I think it was harder to talk about it and to remember it and maybe easier in some ways to say, just let it go, let it go. Yeah, because you're losing any connection you had to your yeah. child. You can't go back. In the discovery process, you know, people, are, I think, are feeling a new connection to their ancestors that maybe they didn't feel before. And it's, it's inspiring some healing practices on their own that they're taking on, which I think is pretty extraordinary. If people want to peruse or read honoring their, their breaths when the bones of our ancestors breathe forth reparation and justice, they can actually go to the Gainsborough Library. Yeah, it should be available at the library mid-January. They've got to go through the cataloging process, so mid-January. I also have a copy available. My goal is to also turn this into a published book that will be more accessible to the public. I think it's an important part of Roanoke's history, and hopefully in the next year that'll be done too. Roanoke City Vice Mayor and now Dr. Joe Cobb also chairs the Gun Violence Prevention Commission. He talks about the new What's Good Roanoke initiative and a school-based summer program championed by local delegate Sam Rasool, which targets eighth graders, offering hope, showing them pathways through higher education or skills training for good-paying jobs. 
the holistic approach that you you like is there some momentum towards that yeah there there is and i think having the the schools um and and delegate rasul working together on an initiative that could be really transformative in schools throughout the commonwealth particularly where gun violence is ravaging their communities i think you know, that middle school age is a critical age. A lot of our prevention efforts with community partners have been focused starting in elementary school and then having that continuum through young adulthood. And we're always trying to pay attention to where there are gaps. Um, one of the th- reasons that we work to create the What's Good Roanoke campaign is because we, we heard very clearly from youth and parents and caregivers in the community that while there are a lot of resources available in Roanoke, it's hard to access those sometimes because they seem so distributed so widely. And so we wanted to make that access easier. And the CDC in their research on prevention intervention says one of the keys to prevention is making sure that youth and families have a direct line of connection to the services they might need. And so that's why What's Good Roanoke was created. And the cool thing about it is we're always going to be sharing the good work that's happening in the community. When people are facing uh, the effects of violence, there are numbers that they can directly reach out to for resource and support. And then we want to make sure that they also have access to healing resources in the community. Right now, there's not a whole lot on What's Good Roanoke. How do you get all these organizations that can help people? How do you recruit them, Joe, to put more information online there? So we want to make sure that it's focused on resources that align with the the continuum, which is prevention, intervention, response, and uh, justice. So so that's that's a key focus. We don't want a lot of just random organizations. Sure. We want organizations that are focused on those areas. For nonprofits in the area that are doing that work, they can reach out to me or the commission and we can make sure to get that information to Mike Bento, who's overseeing the development of the site. It's always going to be adaptable so we can add more resources to them. Right now we're focusing on resources directly related to gun violence, uh, family support, health care and education. We're going to add other components that have to do with employment and workforce development. Anything in those areas, uh, we want to make sure to highlight. And then every week to two, we're going to be featuring organizations in the community that are doing that work. So we kind of shine the light on the good things that are happening. Dr. Joe Cobb is Roanoke City's vice mayor and tells us after the holidays, he will make his intentions known about running for mayor with Sherman Lee stepping down. You can hear this interview again on our website and social media. For WFIR News, I'm Gene Morano.